Welcome to the Flint Citadel's podcast of our Sunday morning worship service, a weekly production of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps. my buddy Mark York were here, I would have been up here a lot faster. That's the kind of music that'll get you going. That's a, that's a nice little piece of a, a movement uh, from Songs of Victory. And um, the, the call to worship this morning comes from Psalm 40, which is also almost in and of itself uh, a call to a song of victory. As you turn to that psalm this morning, I would, uh, I would beg your indulgence for a moment, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover that, that piece of scripture twice. Psalm 40, uh, first five verses say this, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders you have done. The things you planned for us, no one can recount to you. Were I to speak and tell of them, they would be too many to 
to declare. You see, my friends, this is an opportunity to read this scripture. This is an opportunity, even in this small piece of scripture, an opportunity for us to grab a hold of it and say, I wonder what God's trying to tell me here. I wonder what he's got for me in this small piece. We all have trouble waiting, I'm guessing. Uh, at some point, in, you've been, and we talked about this a little bit in my Sunday school class this morning, you've been stuck in mire and you've got one little thing to get purchased and the uh, U-scan things are all full of people and all the lines are all packed up. We just finished the Christmas season. My goodness, you, you're very familiar with the long lines. And uh, you're standing there tapping your toe and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And it gets very bothersome. But in this piece of scripture, the Lord tells us, hey, sometimes you're going to have to wait. And when you wait, you're going to be stuck waiting for God's answer to a very tough and tricky problem at times. You're going to be stuck I need an answer. I don't know what to do. I don't know where I'm going with this thing. And the Lord's going to grab up in his timing and lift you out of that mire. And he's going to put you on a solid rock and give you a firm place to stand. And in that same amount of time, he's going to put a new song in your mouth. Let me read that scripture for you one more time because if you think about it, there's probably a time in your life, even right now, where you might be waiting for the Lord to show you the way and waiting on his timing and the scripture here tells us to be patient, wait for that. I waited patiently for the Lord, David says here. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth and a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you have planned for us no one can recount to you. Were I to speak and tell of them, they would be too many to declare. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity that you give to us to be challenged and to be uh, put through tests of uh, difficulties. But Lord, we know that uh, our timing is not yours. Uh, in fact, we need to be cognizant and aware all the time that you have a plan. And Lord, as we look for your plan, help us to be open-eyed and open-hearted that others will see our patience and others will wonder how we're enduring the, this trial that you've offered to us. And Lord, they'll see you in our patience. Now, as we worship together this morning, Lord, open our hearts to a message that you've inspired for us to hear that we might be able to apply it to our walk with you. What's in your name that we ask. Amen. Good morning. Let's sing, I Believe We Shall Win. We're going to sing the first and the second verse, and then we'll pause, and we'll read the third and the fourth verse together, and then we'll sing the fifth verse.
hard and severe, but the King is the mighty to save, and in conflict he always is near. In the name of the King we will fight, with our banners unfurled to the breeze, we will battle for God and the right, and the kingdom of Satan will seize. Let's sing the last verse. <laughs> because we chose to be here, not out of any kind of guilt, not out of any other kind of reason, but you are here for a specific reason that you choose to seek God this morning. And as we think about that, we are constantly seeking him in our lives. And as we sing this song, I would ask you to consider that, that he is our all in all. And I would ask you to join us. Uh, you can sit in your pew and relax. This is a wonderful tune. We're going to change keys a couple times on you. There's no break, so just follow along with us and we should get through it.
know, sometimes um, we think we know what's going on, and then suddenly we're, we're thrown a curve and we're, we're caught by surprise. It just seems, just as you're, you're starting to um, perhaps figure out what's going on, what's happening in that clip, something unexpected barges in and, and changes everything. Has that ever happened in your life? Have you ever been in a situation where you thought you knew where your life was going, where you were heading, and then something unexpected happened and you weren't quite sure anymore what, um, what you were doing or what was going to happen next? I, I guess I can say, however, that life is full of uncertainty and there are a lot of surprises along the way. And you know, just because we're followers of Christ uh, doesn't mean that life doesn't throw us some of those same curves. There's much adventure. There's even mystery to life, isn't there? Please open your Bible to John chapter 1. Last week we considered the 30 silent years of Jesus' life. Amazingly, from shortly after his birth until he was... 30 years old or so, we know very little about Jesus' life. I believe it's reasonable to conclude that um, Jesus lived the life of a a working man caring for his mother and his brothers and sisters. And I also believe that during that time, God really um, prepared him for the ministry that uh, he was to take on. But you know, I also believe that God prepares each of us for his purposes as well. And often that preparation comes in the common, everyday things of life. You don't have to go to a monastery or get an advanced uh, theological degree to be useful to God. All you really need to be is faithful. This morning we're going to consider the life of John the Baptist. John was related to Jesus. You remember the Christmas story, the angel appeared to Mary and uh, tells her that her relative Elizabeth was already in her sixth month with a child. Even though Elizabeth was way too old to have children. Well, that baby that was born to Elizabeth was John the Baptist. That baby who uh, leapt, leapt, leaped, I don't know, in his mother's womb, kind of like Major Coleman was talking about, um, that was John the Baptist when, when Jesus, when Mary came in front of Elizabeth. And like Jesus, we don't know very much about John's formative years. But what we do know is that he had a special purpose and that God was preparing him for that purpose. The Gospel of John introduces John the Baptist, in verses 6 and 7 of that first chapter. And here's what it says. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. So we learn here that John was sent from God to lead people to faith in Christ and the one who was to come. But who was this Messiah? What was his name? What did he look like? John didn't know. John had no clue. All he knew was that God 
had called him to prepare his people for the Messiah's arrival. So that's what he did. He did what he knew he was supposed to do. The Apostle Paul describes John's ministry this way in Acts 19.4. Paul said, John baptized with a baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is, in Jesus. Sounds like a great ministry, doesn't it? A great life's work. And John was busy doing that work when something dramatic happened that changed everything. The Messiah actually arrived. I mean, wow. He actually showed up. Jesus came to John and the Holy Spirit uh, witnessed that this Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah. I kind of wonder if, if John maybe recognized Jesus. They were related. They maybe got together at different times for festivals in Jerusalem. I wonder how surprised he was. In John chapter 1, verses 29 through 33, John the Baptist reflects on the fulfillment of his ministry. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So John was busy doing what God had sent him to do, proclaiming this message of repentance and calling people to return to God. He even became quite a sensation in that day. Multitudes of people would, would flock out into the wilderness to hear him and to be baptized by him. And then one day, Jesus shows up and everything changes. Jesus has a way of doing that, doesn't he? Even today, you're busy trying to live life, trying to do what's right, trying to um, please God, and then Jesus comes along and things start to change. And you're never quite the same again once you have that encounter with Jesus. You may continue in much the same way from surface appearances. You may have the same job, same family, go to the same church, but something has fundamentally changed inside. Jesus has given you a new purpose and a new mission in life. I know some of you have experienced that. I think what John says in verse 31 is quite amazing. Look at that verse. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. John was busy preparing the people for the Messiah, but John had no idea who the Messiah was. Have you ever tried to introduce someone you really didn't know? It's kind of a challenge to give an introduction and you don't really know that person. Have you ever tried to set up a meeting with someone you've never met? 
If you go to a busy airport, you'll see people holding up signs with, with names on them. They're there to meet, and, uh, to meet people, to pick up people, but they have no idea who they are, and often they have no idea what they look like, so they need a sign, and they hold it up and wait for that person to see their name and come to them. John was in a situation kind of like that. But God had given him a, a different kind of sign, not one written on paper, but a miraculous sign that would identify the Messiah. John's testimony goes something like this. I didn't know who the Messiah was going to be or when God was going to introduce him, but I knew that, it, that, I, knew that I was to help reveal him by baptizing people for repentance. John wasn't let in on all the details of who the Messiah would be, but he had been told to look for certain signs. Verse 33 talks about those signs. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. John would know the Messiah because the Holy Spirit would make him evident and the Spirit's presence would, would rest on him, would remain on him. Even though Jesus was related to John, they may have known each other from childhood, it wasn't human appearance that caused John to recognize him as the Messiah. Matter of fact, that may have been one reason why he would have missed that. Instead, it was the witness of the Holy Spirit that confirmed Jesus was God's chosen one. If we are to know God's plan for our lives, we also need to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Jesus made this promise in John chapter 16, verse 13, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth, for He will not speak on His own initiative, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will disclose to you what is to come. This Spirit of truth is the Holy Spirit. He's often called the helper in Scripture because his role is to help us live out God's will for our lives. His role is to reveal to us the truth. He transforms us into new creatures with a new sense of mission, a new direction in life. John knew that his purpose was to introduce the Messiah to Israel, and he knew that the Holy Spirit was going to identify the Chosen One. But he had no idea who it would be or when he would appear. The truth is, there's much we don't know about God's will for our lives. Yet we can still be faithful in what we do know, as John was. You may not always know exactly what God is up to in your life, but be assured of this, he has a plan for your life. He has a plan for each of our lives. And he will work through you if you faithfully follow him. Mary was a teenage girl when she learned God's plan. John the Baptist was a man, a 30-year-old man. And Zechariah was an old man. It really doesn't matter what your age is. But when the time is right, God makes His will known. He made it known to them. And I want you to know, God does the same thing today. 
So don't be disturbed if you don't really know in detail what God wants you to do with your life. Um, I mean, sometimes we're just not quite sure, what is it God has for me? And we can get frustrated. God often only reveals what we need to know, leaving much that's a mystery. The challenge is to be faithful in what we do know. When we're faithful in what we do know to be God's will, then he's able to open new doors. He's able to give us even more. John the Baptist demonstrates that we don't have to know everything to be used by God, but we do need to be faithful. So this morning, I invite you to be like John the Baptist. Now, I don't mean put on itchy clothing, eat bugs, and go down to the Flint River and baptize people. I know you're relieved to hear that. But I do invite you to serve God the best you can based on what you know. If you're not actively engaged in some ministry or some service, um, just ask. There's many ways that you can serve God right here in this core. Be faithful in the small things and then trust God through the Holy Spirit to lead you. He can make things evident at the proper time. You may wonder how you're going to understand the Spirit's voice, but He can make it evident at the proper time if you're in tune with the Holy Spirit. So invest in your relationship with God. And by that I mean spend time in the Word of God. Devote yourself to prayer. Make worship a daily experience, not just something we do here on Sunday. Take time to listen to God. And then just keep doing what you're doing while you wait on the Holy Spirit. At the proper time, He will reveal to you exactly what you need to know when you need to know it. But let me warn you this morning because you can quench the Holy Spirit by ignoring Him and disobeying Him. And if you set your will against God's will, then you can't really expect that uh, He's going to be able to lead you. It's all about being faithful. It's all about doing what you know God would have you to do as you wait upon God, serve Him with faithfulness and perseverance. Trust Him with those things you don't know. Learn to enjoy the adventure and even the mystery of following God. I think it's exciting. And realize that in the end, our lives are in the hands of a sovereign God, one who um, knows what's best, a God who always does what is right, Our lives are in his hands. May we simply trust him and serve him faithfully as he gives us strength and direction. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning that you are a sovereign Lord. That, Lord, you see the beginning from the end. Therefore, your word tells us how how all of human history will come to its climax. Because, Lord, to you it's, um, it's as if it is today. Lord, I pray that as we uh, come to believe and embrace that truth, that 
we might find a, a new freedom in living, uh, the ability to be patient and persevere when we're not sure exactly where you want us to go, what you want us to do. Help us in those times, Lord, to simply do the things that we already understand to be your will. Lord, help us to, um, to be attuned to the voice of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I have full confidence that when you want to get our attention, when you want to change our direction, that uh, you can make that very evident to us. So God, I just thank you for what you're doing. I thank you, Lord, for what you have done. I thank you, Lord, for the faithful people who uh, worship here, many who have carefully listened and followed your voice. But, but Lord, the challenge is for today, for new direction, for guidance, for um, uh, just fulfilling the purpose for which you've placed not only us here as in individuals, but this Flint Citadel core. Lord, might we, we be true to our calling. And God, might you continue to use us for your service. Bless us now as we uh, worship you and as we consider these things, for we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing good old Salvation Army song, I'm in his hands, and really that's, that's the, the reality. We're in God's hands. We can, we can rebel against him. We're, we're still in his hands. Our lives are in his hands. Or we can cooperate with him, and he can open up doors of blessing. So this morning, if, if you've taken yourself out of God's hands, if perhaps you haven't been obedient to God and the things you already know he would have you to do, then just come back to him. Crawl back on his lap. Have him uh, take you back into his hands, and uh, he'll pick up where you left off. You can trust him. In days gone by, my Lord has always today and this week as we go about our daily activities, Lord, remind us to be vigilant about our recognizing and avoiding temptations. Help us to be good Christians and examples to those around us. Amen.
This has been the weekly podcast of the Flint Citadel's Morning Worship Experience. We hope you were blessed. Join us again for next week's service. Better yet, join us in person anytime at the Citadel, located in the heart of downtown Flint, at 211 West Bursley Street, where you're always among friends. For more information about the Salvation Army in Flint and our worship times and weekly activities, visit us online at www.flintcitadel.org or call us at area code 810-232-2199. Thanks for listening.